Welcome to the Genuine Creative Podcast with Melissa Hurt. Here's where I'll be helping creatives get through mindset blocks, step into wellness and self-care practices, and overcome imposter syndrome so that you can live genuinely as a creative person, putting your greatest gift out into the world. Hello, thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is sponsored by author Katie Spina. Katie, thank you so much for your support. And y'all, send it back and check out Katie Spina's books. In today's episode, I'm going to follow up on what I talked about in episode nine, which was facing my fear. And if you listen to that podcast, you know I'm talking about the fear I had when I legit thought I was going to have a panic attack, a heart attack, and drown in an open water swim in a lake early in my triathlon training season. And then I share what happened afterwards that changed my perspective. Well, triathlon season is nearing to a close, and I have done my first sprint triathlon. Dun, dun, dun! Super proud of myself. It's been a ton of work. But I wanted to talk about the actual event because it was possibly one of the most physically difficult things I have ever done in my entire life. So let's break it down. How did I do it? And more important, what were the mindset tools that got me through it? And I share all of this with you with hopes that when you find yourself in an extraordinarily difficult situation, getting real with your mindset and tuning into your heart will absolutely help you see your way to the other side. All right, so I started my triathlon training in May, probably around mid to late May. And for those of you who are new listeners, you will learn that I shattered my kneecap in November. And it's been a grueling time, (laughs) to say the least, getting it back. Uh, it It took, of course, surgery to wire the pieces back together, lots of physical therapy, and doing my physical therapy at home. I was still teaching yoga the whole time, had to have a second surgery in March, still doing my physical therapy, and then here we are in May, and I get the clearance from my doctor and from my physical therapist to start exercising like a normal person. They both knew that I had a lot of body-mind intelligence. I, you know, as a yoga teacher and a meditator, It's a priority of mine to tune into myself, to know I'm keeping myself safe and keeping myself in check. And so they knew that I would be able to do that in my swimming, biking, and running. So I started my training in May, and it started with the open swim. And that's what you can listen to in episode nine is that panic attack and that legit fear I had that I was about to die in a lake in front of my daughter. That didn't happen. I did, though face my fear, and return to that lake and give it another go, better prepared with a wetsuit and a different mindset. Now, when I got to the race, I had heard from other triathletes that this particular race is very hard. Now, normally for a sprint triathlon, you are swimming in open water. That means a lake or a pond or a river for half a mile. You are biking for about 11 and a half miles, sometimes 12, and then you are running a 5K. 
and those happen in that order and there's a transition between each of the sports that's included in your overall time so in some ways the transition is a sport too because you have to get out of one set of gear and into another set of gear without falling over and get yourself into the next sport this particular day was the Crystal Lake Sprint Triathlon. This was a half mile swim, an 18.1 mile bike, and a 5K. Now, the extra mileage on the bike is not so much of an issue, except that this particular area is very, 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 very hilly. And that's what triathletes were warning me of. They said, that's a very difficult race because the hills are intense. So I had to get used to the fact that my first sprint was going to be one that was super hard. But you know what? Why not just go big and go for it? That's kind of always been my personality. So I was learning through my training that I had to find comfort and discomfort. Finding comfort and discomfort when that discomfort is normal for the circumstance. I'm gonna say that just one more time. Finding comfort in the discomfort when that discomfort is normal for the circumstance. So in this particular instance, now I grew up swimming, so normal swimming is not a challenge for me. Biking and running are very new for me. I never really did the sports where I was having to really practice endurance and huffing and puffing and feeling my thighs burn with all the blood pushing through my quadriceps and my hamstrings to keep me going. That is a very new experience for me. And in the past, the second I would start running and I'd start feeling my heartbeat really elevate and my breath getting fast, I'd say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to take it to a walk. Let's send it home. Because I thought, well, that's good. I checked the box. I got my exercise. But you can't do that when you're training for a sprint triathlon or any kind of endurance sport. You have to keep going. You have a distance you have to reach. And you have to teach your body how to perform when it's tired to reach that distance. And the bigger purpose of the training is to teach your body and your mind how to show up even when you're tired. And that's been a really big lesson for me this summer that I've taken to my everyday life. When I'm editing videos and my eyes are bleary, I say this is finding comfort and the discomfort because this is a normal circumstance and I need to keep going forward because I have to deliver this product. And so that's been really useful for me. But now getting back to the race day. It was very cold and overcast that day, an unusually cold day for August. Everyone's getting on their wetsuits. We're getting ready for the race, which was starting at 8 a.m., and it starts to rain. Now, it was a light little spit rain, not a big deal, but not great. Nobody really wants to race and be outside in the rain for two hours. So I said, okay, we're going to swim. We're going to get wet anyway. Let's just go for it. I get in the lake for my wave of the swim, and as soon as I launch off to start my swim, my right calf entirely cramped. Not just a little tiny cramp, it was the whole calf cramped. And I'm kicking and I'm moving my arms and there's other swimmers around me and I'm like, and mind you, I'm in the same lake where I initially had that panic attack, so there's that familiarity going for me. And I said, okay, what can I do? I am in this race, I'm swimming right now. I have trained all summer, I have two options. 
I can stop and just kind of shake it out, which will slow down my time. I could call over a lifeguard and say, I'm done. I can't, I have a cramp. I can't do this, which would then disqualify me. And all that training was for nothing. Or really there's a third option, which I thought of in the moment. What if I just stopped kicking my legs and I use my arms, just like I had done in the pool with the pool boy, which is that little styrofoam um, device you put between your thighs, and it keeps your legs more stationary so you're focusing on your upper body. Okay, let's imagine I have that between my legs. So I start swimming with just my upper body, and the second I relaxed my legs, that entire cramp went away. I mean, it just went away. And I was able to kick again and keep going. So that was a really useful reminder of there's always a strategy. There's always a way if you relax and breathe, you can get through it. So I did my swim. It went fine. I get out of that wetsuit. I get onto my bike. By now, the rain has turned from a spit to a pelting pour. The temperature dropped literally about 15 degrees by now, and that was only like 20 minutes, but it really dropped. And I'm freezing cold and soaking wet like a sewer rat because I'm wearing, you know, my tri-gear, which was just underneath my wetsuit. So I have to get on my bike and ride for 18.1 miles on hills when I cannot see The rain was literally hitting my face. It felt like upholstery needles or long nails were falling onto my face. Couldn't see. I kept having to shake my head to, like, uh, shake the rain off my face. I couldn't wear my bike sunglasses because they kept fogging. And the roads are wet. And it's an open road, so there's cars and trucks still doing their business. It was scary, to say the least. (laughs) But I start my bike. I'm going the best I can. Now, because I'm freezing cold, this is just a fact for everybody, when you're freezing cold, your body is burning more calories to keep yourself warm. But that's extra effort for your body, and you can fatigue more easily when you're doing something like riding a bike on hills. Well, for some reason, these hills feel harder for me. Now, I had done that course twice before to prepare for the race. It was always hard. I always had to stop to get a sip of water. But I always finished it, and I always felt awesome at the other side of it. But today, my heart was pounding in my throat. It hurt so bad. I was feeling lightheaded. My thighs were burning, and it was extraordinarily hard. As I'm riding my bike, and I'm really fighting through the freezing rain, mindset hacks started popping in for me. Now, these were mindset hacks and I say hacks with quotes because I really don't like that phrase but really it's just that quick little thing that you hold on to to get you through and these were hacks that had come up for me in my training that had given me insight or comfort the first was that a spin teacher said to me in very difficult classes she said to the class come on you've done this before you just did this resistance we're back in it you can do this you can do it again For some reason, that helped me because I said, you know what? I have ridden a bike before. I have ridden this hill before. I can do this again. So that helped me because I was not in completely unfamiliar territory. Another phrase that helped me was a Peloton teacher who says, what if you just close your eyes and move? And now you're not not going to close your eyes on a bike (laughs) in a race 
but the idea of just finding a soft gaze and just let yourself be an animal body that can push a bike with your powerful legs. What if you just let go of ego and let go of the I and just say, I'm just moving a bike. I'm just moving a bike. And believe it or not, you guys, that helps so much. It helps so much. And on the other side of that statement, sometimes I would just be counting one, two, one, two, one, two, just with the movement of my legs. It's not about me. It's not about the pain I feel. It's not about taking in the beautiful nature around me. It's about just being an animal body on a bike, pushing it up a hill. So as I'm going up a hill, going to my turnaround point, I see a young man, probably about 17 or 18 years old, on the side of the road, had a head wound with blood coming down his face, and he's holding his elbow, and an ambulance is taking care of him. His bike was nowhere to be seen. He was dressed in tri-gear. He was a racer. That was not good to see, but it was a reality because the roads were wet. It was freezing cold. Everybody was suffering. That kind of got to me. I had to shake that off. I felt a lot of compassion for him, hoped he was okay, but I had to keep going. I'm going up the steepest hill that then gets you to the turnaround point, and my heart rate was insane. Now, here's the thing. This is something to know about me. I absolutely understand the meaning of mind over matter. I believe mindset is exceptionally powerful and necessary to frame your life and to frame your experiences and to learn lessons from them. You know me, I'm all about keeping it real, understanding your given circumstances and being truthful to who you are and how you are in the moment. I also believe in the truth of the body going through extraordinary stress and that sometimes the body can say, Girl, we're done. Forget what your mind is constantly telling you to push through. I'm telling you that we need to stop because now you see how you can't breathe and now you see how you feel like you're going to faint and fall off your bike. That's me telling you that this is too much. So yes, I stopped my ride on a hill to breathe. I had to. And there was a part of me that was really hard on myself for stopping and not just pushing through. But I knew that if I were to have continued pushing through, and this is mile nine, again, freezing, pouring rain, that if I were to have pushed through, that would have been an extraordinary act of violence against myself in that moment. So I stopped, put my feet on the ground, huffing and puffing, trying to breathe through my nose, drinking my water, doing everything I can to bring my heart rate down. But as I'm huffing and puffing, on the other side of the road, who had just done the turnaround, my mentor, my triathlon mentor, Tom, screams at me. He says, let's go, Melissa, you got this. And it helped me so much, everybody. It did. And I got back on, I kept pedaling, and I saw my friend Melissa. She said, come on, Melissa, let's go. Saw my friend Carly, let's go, Melissa. Now, they're all extraordinary athletes. They were ahead of me. I knew they would be. But hearing them just give me that little cheer reinforced to me how critically important community is in our lives. Community is everything. Again, I was resorting to my animal body. Human beings are social animals. We 
give birth to our young and we keep our young in families. We live in communities. We have neighbors. We do work with other people called strangers who then become colleagues. Like we are social beings. And so why would I try to fight through the hardest physical activity of my life alone? I don't have to. Even though it's a race against myself, really, right? A triathlon is really is just about you versus you. And you're doing it in the collective. Everyone's doing that. And sure, you have a first, second, and third place. We're all here celebrating each other. We're here celebrating the sport. We're here celebrating athleticism and this gorgeous natural environment that we get to be a part of. So knowing that my community was there for me helped me tremendously, and I kept going. Got to the turnaround point, had to let another ambulance through for that young man, which again freaked me out, but I was, was glad he was okay. I keep going. I'm almost done with the bike. I'm really questioning my life choices by now, saying this is not fun for me. Why am I doing a triathlon? This is hard. My legs were on fire. My feet were hurting. I was so cold. I get to the final hill that is about to take me back to my turn to get back to my transition area. And again, my heart rate was insane. It was just throbbing. And I had to stop and breathe. And a stranger on her bike in the race went past me and she said, you know, this is almost done. And I was like, okay. And it helped me so much for her to say that to me. You know, that was her way of saying, you've got this. The spikes portion is almost over. And it was. There was maybe one and a half or two miles left. I just had to get through that final hill. And knowing that I had community around me, supporting me, people who didn't even know me, meant the world to me. So I finished the bike. As I'm finishing my bike, my mentor is finishing his run. He's running to the finish line. I get to cheer him on. Go, Tom, go. And that felt awesome to send that back to him. He actually got podium in his age group. As I am running, starting my 5K, I see my daughter. She showed up with her dad, and she's running and cheering and so happy to see me. And I think, okay, let's send it home for me. Let's send it home for her. As I have been rehabilitating my knee, she has seen the whole of it. She was with me when I shattered it. It was very scary for both of us. She was with me through the surgeries and the very painful rehabilitation I did at home. She saw everything. And then she saw me starting to train for these races. And she would say, Mommy, you're strong. And now here she is watching me run with a big old scar on my knee, and she's so happy. And I said, hey, Penn, root me on. I'm starting my run, and I head out. Now, by now in the run, it's probably two hours in, maybe an hour and 45 minutes in. I am so freezing cold, you guys. My legs hurt like crazy, and I start power walking because, again, it's very hilly. I power walk up the hills, and I run down the hills. And I gave myself grace for that because I had seen on some social media outlet that there was an international power walking race. And these women were killing it in these power walks. And I said, okay, power walking's a thing. Athletes power walk. Cool. I'm power walking. And because I have long legs, I know that the length of my stride matches what other people's runs might be. And my training had also shown me that sometimes in my running, I would do a fast walk. 
and my times were just as good, if not better, than the ones that I had done just running. And that took me to my final mindset hack. My, tr- my mentor would always say to me, trust your training. And I had to tap into all of the lessons I had learned through my training. And in this particular moment, it was walking can be just as fast as running if you're smart about it, if you're doing it with intention. So I finished the 5K. It's muddy as crap in that grass. My shoe almost comes off. I finished the line with that one shoe flopping like a flip-flop because I was not about to slow down to put it back on. I finished the race. I got my finisher's medal, and I was so insanely proud of myself. I really didn't know if I would do more triathlons by the end of that race because I was just in so much pain. And my mentor asked me if I was going to do it again next year. And I said, I'm going to need some time to think on that one because <laughs> that race was very hard. But I rested for a couple days, did a lot of stretching, a lot of just laying on my couch, ate a lot of food to refuel, and really thought about what I want out of the sport. And this is my final takeaway for you. I spent my summer learning a whole new practice that I never thought I'd do in my life, which is being a triathlete. And when you're training for a triathlon, you're training in three different sports. You're training as a swimmer, you're training as a cyclist, and you're training as a runner. And then you've got to figure out a way to put all those together in your transitions. Then you've got to find a way to be able to run after having done a long bike, after having swam in open water. It's just a whole thing. So I thought, why do I do this sport? Why would I want to stick with this? And it all comes back down to my values. Now, I have another episode on values, and I want you to find it and listen to it because your values are your anchor, and they are your inner compass, and they will keep you clear on your why. Why would I put myself through this training when my legs are heavy and it's 5.30 in the morning, and I just want another hour in bed before I work. Why am I doing this training when I would much rather be hanging out on my couch watching something on Netflix with a big bowl of popcorn? Why am I out at this lake doing an open swim? Why am I doing it? Why am I doing this? Well, three of my deepest core values that connect with everything that I do are growth, connection and fun. Now I grew a lot in that summer of training. I grew a lot because my mindset shifted a lot and I began to understand how much I'm able to endure with my body. I knew I could endure a lot intellectually because when I finished my PhD and finished my dissertation and defended it and all of that, that was when I really learned how much rigor I had intellectually to defend my ideas and defend my work and deepen my work through other people's work and just become a much better scholar and teacher. But in this way, I grew physically, and I grew in my heart, and I grew emotionally, and I learned how to take care of myself while also pushing myself as a mama would push a baby, just very delicately but with pure faith that it was going to be okay. Connection. For me, connection has to do as much with a spiritual connection within myself and around me, but connection with other people. And in this sport, 
I have met some of the most beautiful, generous, cool people I have ever met in my life. The people in this triathlete group that I'm in are so kind and generous. I feel honored to be a part of this group where I can connect with them and do bike rides with them and get tricks from them. And they share their gear with me because they know and I am open that this stuff is expensive. And if I can borrow someone's wetsuit, I'd be thankful. So thanks, Sarah, for all those times I borrowed your wetsuit. So the connection that I've developed with these people has just as much enriched my connection with the greater good. These people have reminded me that there are genuinely kind people in the world. And we're living at a time where I sometimes lose sight of that. I, I believe that myself, but it's hard to hold on to it every day. But these people lift me up and they make me happy and I love being around them. And then fun. It's fun being with these folks. And even though I'm screaming up a hill, they're screaming up it with me. And then when we get down, we talk about it. And it's just fun. It's fun to be with them. It's fun to feel wind in my hair through my little ponytail as I'm riding my bike with my helmet on. Like, It's fun to feel the water moving past me in a lake. It's even fun to feel the little kelp bits at the shore. That used to gross me out, but now it's fun because I know I've made it. <laughs> And so through all of that, through all that reflection, I come back to keeping it real. Keeping it real with myself that, yeah, I'm going to keep doing sprint triathlons. I'm doing sprint triathlons because I know I don't have a lifestyle that can support more training than what I am currently doing. Because as you get into longer distance races, you have to train for more hours each week. And my life just can't support that right now. And I'm cool with that. I'll be a power athlete. I don't have to be the long endurance athlete doing 13-mile runs after a 50-mile bike and a mile swim and all that stuff. When my daughter's in high school, maybe I might just do that. But right now, I'm going to stick with the sprints. And I know that as I move through the next few months and work my way back around to May 2024... I'm going to take all of these mindset tools that I've gained and apply them not only to my training, but just to my life. To finding, for example, when I was in the open swim and the race, I could see the two buoys that made the finish line in the lake, knowing, okay, it's right there. It's just right there. And then a few days later, when I'm back into my training doing a run, I just would imagine that the buoys were there at the end of the sidewalk. Okay, it's just right there. It's right there. Keep going. Well, I can do that with my own work. I feel tired. I want to finish a project, but I'm tired. No, it's just right there. Keep going. It's right there. So just commitment. You know, it teaches me a lot. I really want to hear from you on what activity have you done that was so hard that gave you complete mindset tricks and tools and evolutions that have carried you into the next season of your life. So let me know what you think, and please be well. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a positive review.